Welcome to the teaching ministry of Reverend JFK Mensa, a seasoned Bible teacher with over 40 years of ministry experience. He is a pastor, a church planter, a missionary, and an international conference speaker. He is passionate about making Christ-like disciples worldwide. JFK Mensa is the General Overseer of Great Commission Church International. May you be transformed as you listen to the Word of God. Shall we pray? Our Father, we thank you for another day to continue our series on eschatology. Lord, these things tend to be difficult to understand, to unlock. They are mysteries which are reserved for the future. And we pray that you give us a spirit of wisdom and understanding so that we shall unlock these truths in Jesus' name. Amen. We have been handling the Christian doctrine of the last things. Eschatology. And in the first video, I presented to you personal eschatology. Death and where dead people go. Last week, I started the journey on general eschatology and we discussed the signs of the end times. Primarily, Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21. And we were able to distill from that part from the message of Jesus and his apostles and from the Old Testament ten signs that will be happening in increasing intensity worldwide among the people in the secular world and ten other signs among the church, the body of Christ. Today, we are moving one step further. We want to discuss the resurrection, the rapture, and the rewards. The resurrection, the rapture, and the rewards. The concept of resurrection is taught in the Bible in two ways. We are taught about people who will be transformed and translated into heaven without seeing death and people who will die and resurrect putting on their resurrecting bodies to get to heaven the first category we have 
Enoch in Genesis chapter 5 verse 21 to 24 we are told that Enoch walked with God 300 years and he disappeared for God took him this is testified of in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 5 that Enoch did not taste death he was taken to heaven alive the second person is Elijah in 2nd Kings chapter 2 from verse 9 to verse 11 we are told that Elijah was sent to heaven alive in fact the prophets insisted that Elisha should send a team to search for Elijah and finally Elisha agreed 50 men went for three days and they said for Elijah he was gone he was nowhere to be found we see him only appearing at the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew chapter 17 from verse 1 to verse 6 so these are the two people who give evidence that there is life beyond this world and that when a person pleases God God comes for you now the second category is made up of people who will be raised from the dead and I want us to spend some time here in Acts chapter 24 verse 15 the Bible says there will be a resurrection of the good and the wicked let's read it Acts 24 verse 15 there will, there will be a resurrection for both the good and the wicked the righteous and the wicked yes. 24 verse 15 and I have the same hope in God as these men that there will be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked in John chapter 5 verses 28 and 29 Jesus said a time is coming when the dead will hear my voice and those who have done good who have the resurrection of life and those who have done evil the resurrection of condemnation and so we are told that the dead will rise now this topic is discussed in detail in first corinthians chapter 15 and i want us to dwell there for some time the first part of first corinthians 15 argues that Jesus Christ rose from the dead after dying for our sins and he was seen at one point by 500 people at the same time most of whom are still alive at the time that Paul was writing he said most were still alive even though some have died let's read 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6 
First Corinthians chapter 15, yes. verse 6. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Yes. Now, you can never have a hallucination, a dream or a vision by 500 people at the same time. You have to understand that when Jesus came, he chose fishermen, ordinary people, tax collectors. These followers were not philosophers. They, the strength of the Bible, and particularly the New Testament, is that the people who wrote it were eyewitnesses of what they, they saw and heard. And they are still, First John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, he says, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have touched with our hands, what we have felt, what we have experienced, that is what we are sharing with you, so that your fellowship might be with us and with God the Father and the Son. You see, Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 4, is the same argument. It's the eyewitnesses who saw Jesus die and who saw Jesus buried. Who saw Jesus rising from the dead and alive? They are the witnesses of Jesus' resurrection. And they were prepared to die for it. Now from the first Corinthians 15 from verse 11 all the way to verse 19. The apostle argues that the greatest strength of Christianity is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then we are telling lies that God raised him from the dead. Then we are still in our sins because God did not raise Jesus from the dead, our sins have not been forgiven. Then we have believed in vain. Then those who have died in Christ have perished. They have just wasted their lives. And if it is in this life alone, that we Christians have hope in Christ, then we are of all men most to be pitied. That is what the scripture is saying. And the argument stands that in the resurrection of Jesus, we have proof that there is a resurrection from the dead and life beyond the grave. Let us read the first Corinthians 15. We are reading from verse 21 to 23. First Corinthians chapter 15, 21 through 22. Yes. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man. Death came through Adam, a man. Therefore, resurrection from the dead also should come through a man. Yes. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in his own turn. Christ, the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. Now, listen to the argument. Adam brought death into this world. Jesus brought resurrection from the dead into this world. As in Adam all die, so in Christ shall all be made alive. 
and each in its own order time Christ the first fruits and the firstborn from the dead and we who are Christ at his appearing the scripture is very clear Hebrews 2.14 says that Jesus took flesh and blood so that through death he would destroy him that had the power of death that he would rescue and redeem all those who became slaves of Satan and fear of death he would break their bondage and Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 and 15 say that the death of Jesus accomplished for us what nothing else could do to take our sins and every handwriting and ordinance against us and nail it to the cross and with that he disarmed principalities and powers he made an open show of them triumphing over them and according to first peter chapter 3 verse 19 to 21 and first peter chapter 4 verse 6 jesus is going to the region of the dead accomplish another thing he preached the gospel to the dead the spirits in prison and they also heard the gospel now when jesus rose from the dead he said in revelation chapter 1 verses 17 and 18 i want us to read revelation chapter 1 17 and 18. he said i am the alpha and the omega i'm the first and the last was dead now i am alive forevermore and the keys of death and Hades they are in my hands yes when i saw him i fell at his feet as though dead then he placed his right hand on me and said not be afraid i am the first and the last i am the living one i was dead and behold i'm alive forever and ever and i hold the keys of death and it you know when jesus conquered death and on the third day he rose from the dead he accomplished for us what nobody could ever do he brought to light resurrection immortality and demystified death life after death and the resurrection the resurrection of jesus is proof that jesus is the only way the truth and the life no one comes to the father but by him the resurrection is the proof that there is life beyond the grave the resurrection is the proof that jesus's claim that anyone who accepts him as lord and personal savior will not die again in john chapter 11 verse 25 and 26 and jesus said in john chapter 8 verse 51 that anyone who believes in me will never see death 
Jesus is claiming John 8:58 that before Abraham was, I am. Jesus is claim in John 5, 22 and 23 that the Father himself judges nobody but has committed all judgment into the hands of the Son that all men should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. It's ratified by the resurrection. Yes. John 5, 22-23 Moreover, the Father judges no one but has entrusted all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. The resurrection of Jesus is proof that Jesus is the judge of all men. The resurrection of Jesus is proof that God has highly exalted Jesus and given him the name above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Every tongue should confess Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In heaven, on earth, and under the earth. The resurrection of Jesus is the foundation for believing the virgin birth. The resurrection of Jesus gives credence to the Bible. Because Jesus believed the Bible before his death and resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus is proof that every single promise Jesus made, he will make it good. The resurrection of Jesus is the cornerstone for Christianity. If Jesus did not rise from the dead, then everyone should burn his Bible. We should just quit Christianity and throw everything Christian away because if Jesus did not rise from the dead then we have no hope but if Jesus rose from the dead and there is evidence that he rose from the dead then there is no other religion no other belief in the world no other route for conviction of truth in the whole universe except Christianity that's it and if you are listening to me I want to challenge you this day if you have never taken time to examine the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus you need to go back you need to go back and take time to think through the proofs of Jesus' resurrection now, let me spend some time on the resurrection body. The body that we will have at the resurrection. The Bible makes clear that there will be five differences between our present body and the resurrection body. Uh, this argument, my mainstay is 1 Corinthians 15. I'm taking verse 42, 43, and then I will jump to 45, all the way to 53. There are five areas in which the resurrection body will be different from the body we have now. You have to understand 
that Lazarus was raised from the dead after four days of being dead. But he went ahead and died again. You have to understand that Jairus' daughter and the son of the widow of nine, they were raised from the dead, but they died after that. Now look at the Old Testament saints who were resurrected. The son of the widow of Zarephath uh, in 1 Kings chapter 17. Then the son of the Shunammite woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. They were resurrected. And the guy who rose from the dead after his body touched the body of the dead Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 13 from verse 14 to 16. All those three, they were raised from the dead, but they died again. They died because they lacked these five things that the scripture talks about. Number one, this body will be planted in the ground as a perishable body. A body that decays. A body that the law of decay, decomposition, has power over. But it will be raised imperishable, incorruptible. The Greek word used there is aphtasia. It will be incorruptible in the sense that the law of decay will have no power over the resurrection body again. Jesus rose from the dead never to die again. And in line with that is immortality. This mortal body which dies from decay must put on immortality so that it does not die again. It cannot die again. Jesus rose from the dead never to die again. The Greek word used is Athanasia, from which our, our name Athanasius comes. Athanasia. Thanatos meaning death. Athanatos, Athanasia meaning cannot die. So that's the first thing the resurrection body puts on. The second thing about the resurrection body is that this body is planted without honor. It's planted without glory. If you don't paste for three days, can you imagine how your mouth, uh, the kind of, you know, if you don't bath for a week and you pass by people, do, do you understand? So, this body, you see, has dishonor. When it's left on its own, it begins to issue stench, but it will be raised in glory. The body is going to be raised up, smelling like perfume. You know, your body is raised in glory. It is, it is raised in such a way that it will be shining from inside and outside 
Matthew chapter 13 verse 43 says that the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. You see, Daniel chapter 12 verses 2 and 3 say that those who are wise shall shine like the firmament and those who turn many to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Do you remember when Moses spent 40 days in the presence of God? He did not eat or drink. When he came back, his face was shining. There was glory. Do you remember Matthew 17 on the mountain of transfiguration? You know, Jesus, his face was shining like the sun. That, that, is, that is glory. You, the resurrection body will have glory. Now the third thing that the resurrection body will carry is power. This body now is a weak body. You can't pass through a wall. You can't pass through a door. When you are hit with iron, you, you know that you are, it's finished for you. Your body is weak. But the Bible says it is going to be given power. The resurrection body is such that, like Jesus Christ, the doors were closed in Luke 24. And Jesus just entered. <laughs> he passed through walls. He passed through doors. He rose against gravity. And, you know, when the disciples in Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus, they were rushing to Jerusalem to tell the story. Before they got there, Jesus was there. Yeah. Hallelujah. That is the third factor of the resurrection body. Now, the fourth is that just as this body has been fashioned to live in this physical world, this material world, eh? Genesis 2 7 says, God made man from the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils, and man became a living soul. In the same way, the Bible says that there is a spiritual body. It's a body which is adapted for living in heaven. For, for connecting with heavenly things. For this physical mortal body cannot inherit eternity. Because it doesn't have the faculties for living among angels with God forever and ever. And so, the, the body we have must put on a spiritual body. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 says, Our citizenship is from heaven, from whence we are awaiting our Savior, who when He comes, He will change this our vile body to be like His own body. Amen? And the last about the resurrection body is that, this body was made from dust. And when man sinned and God was cursing him, he said, Dust thou art, dust you shall return. Genesis 3.19 But the new body, the resurrection body, is by the man from heaven. As we took the image, the icon of the earthly man, in the same way, we shall be putting on the body of the heavenly man. You can tell your friend, heavenly man, 
heavenly woman. Why? Because we are now people whose birth, whose source is from heaven. Okay? Now, let's move on. Now that we have talked about the resurrection and the resurrection body, I want to spend a little time talking about the rapture. The rapture is the next biggest event on the agenda of God for his church. The Greek word translated rapture is hapazo. 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 In First Thessalonians, we are going to read First Thessalonians chapter 4. We are reading verses 16 and 17. First of all, First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17. Yes. First Thessalonians chapter 4, 16 and 17. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel and with the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Okay. Now, I want us equally to read 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read from verse 51 to 53. Just to cement the point on the rapture. First Corinthians chapter 15 from 51 to 53. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, on a loud trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. Now, when we talk about the rapture, hapazo is the Greek word used for a wild animal coming to seize or snatch its prey suddenly, like a lion coming to snatch, you know, a wolf or a fowl and take it away suddenly that is the term which has been used to describe how Jesus is coming for his church so the first Corinthians 15 passage is saying that in a moment in a twinkling of an eye interesting because our English word atom used to be defined as the smallest indivisible particle of an element. It used to be defined like that. Why? Because the Greek word atemno means something which is so small it cannot be cut again. It cannot be divided again. You see? So, in a, a flash in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, in one millionth of a second, six things will happen. Three in the sky, 
three on earth. In a flash, the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. Then the archangel, with a voice of command, will stand at his side. And deadly, the trumpet of God will sound. Like a trombone. And all the people of God all over the world will hear it. In a flash, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ will first rise. The graves will break open. And all the dead in Christ, wherever they are found, they will rise up. Put on their resurrection body. They will rise first because they died first. They slept first before us. They are our senior prefects. But, at the same time, we who are in Christ and are alive, in a flash, in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, we shall be changed. This mortal body will put on immortality. This perishable will put on imperishability. This weak body will put on power and strength. And this dishonorable body will put on glory. And the Bible says, we shall fly. We shall be caught up in the air together with our risen brothers and sisters. That's what the rapture is about. Now, there's a lot of discussion about when the rapture will be. The time precisely has not been given us. But the certainty of its happening is clear in the scripture. Allow me to finish this message by talking about the judgment seat of Christ and the rewards. In 2 Corinthians, we shall read chapter 5, verses 10, 11, and 12. The Bible says that we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ to give account of ourselves what we have done in the body. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 10 to 12. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. All. All. It's appointed unto man once to die after that judgment. All must appear. Yes. That each one may receive what is due to him for the things done while in the body. There is a reward what you have done in the body. This judgment seat of Christ is called the Bema. The Bema judgment seat can be confusing and I want to explain it after we have read Romans chapter 14. We are reading just verse 10 and 11. Romans 14 verses 10 and 11. Romans chapter 14, 10 to 11. 
You then, why do you judge your brother? Why do you look down on your brother? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. We will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written. Yes. As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will confess to God. The fact is that Jesus promised us in John chapter 5, verse 24, that anybody who believes in my words and him who sent me shall not come into judgment. He has passed from death to life. And Romans chapter 8 verse 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. When the Christian is raptured, then it means that Jesus has accepted you and the Bema judgment seat of Christ is not for condemnation. It is for rewards. You are going to be judged strictly in righteousness according to truth without partiality without respect of persons but you will not be judged in order to be condemned but in order to be rewarded shall we read it from first corinthians chapter 3 we are reading all the way from verse 11 and finishing at verse 15 if you have been counted worthy for the rapture then that's all you you will not pass into condemnation you will be judged but it is a judgment for rewards if you have not qualified you lose your reward but you don't lose eternal life yes first Corinthians chapter 3 11 to 13 11 to 15 it's a it's a key passage yes let's listen to it for other foundation can no man lay than that is laid which is jesus christ now if any man build upon this foundation gold silver precious stones wood hay stubble every man's word shall be made manifest for the day shall be claimed because it shall be revealed by fire and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is if any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be bent, he shall suffer loss. But he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Now, Paul is very clear. He says, no other foundation can any man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. Salvation is only in Christ. First John chapter 5, verse 11 and 12. This is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in the Son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we should be saved except the name of Jesus. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verses 4 to 6. That God wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. And to be saved because there is only one God 
and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. So, there is no salvation in any other person except in Jesus Christ. Repentance and faith in Christ secures the new birth and salvation. But after that, you must watch what you do because you are building on that foundation with everything you do under grace. And Paul describes two sets of building materials. Gold, silver, precious stones. Then wood, hay, and stubble. You can see that when these two sets are passed through fire, the gold, the silver, the precious stone, they become brighter. They are purified, purged by fire. They don't fear fire. And if you do works that heaven sees as golden, silver, precious stone, you will be rewarded on that day. Your works will be rewarded. But if your works are wood, hay, and stubble, when they are passed through fire, they burn up. And the Bible is saying, you see all your work burn up. Because they have not met God's standard. Revelations chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Jesus was telling the church in Sardis that, I haven't found your work meeting God's standard. I know your deeds. They, they have not met God's standards. Yes. Shall we read it? Revelations 3, 1 and 2. Revelations chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Yes. And unto the angel of the church in Sardis write, This thing said he that had the seven stories of God, and the seven stars, I know thy works, that thou hast a need that thou livest, and art dead. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which you, you have. You have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Yes. Be watchful, and strengthen the things which remain, Yes. that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. I haven't found your works perfect before God. You know, that day, they will judge motives. What was your motive in doing this? You know Hebrews 4, 12 and 13 says the word of God is alive, is active, sharper than any two sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit, and the bones and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intentions of the heart of man. Nothing is hidden before him. Everything is plain. When, when two gentlemen give twenty dollars to a lady and one gives the twenty dollars because genuinely God has touched his heart to help that sister but the other gentleman gives twenty dollars because he is lasting after the sister and wants to influence her so that they can enter an immoral relationship you see they both have given twenty dollars but the motive behind the twenty dollars will be judged and exposed on that day in fact in first corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 paul says judge nothing before the time even if my conscience is clear it doesn't mean that god has cleared me because god penetrates the motives for what you are doing and he 
rewards according to that. Anyway, at the judgment seat of Christ, the Bema judgment is like the judgment at the Olympic Games. When you run in the Olympic Games and you are first, you are given an award, a prize. That's what 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27 says. But if you come last, you don't have any award. You don't have any award, but well, you have also run. So there will be people in heaven who will lose their rewards because your, your works got bent. You see, your works follow you, but they got bent. You have lost. That's it. Now, allow me to finish by just mentioning some of the rewards. The first category of the rewards are crowns. The shepherding crown is First Peter chapter 5 verse 4. That when the chief shepherd arrives, he will give us a crown of glory. An unfading crown of glory. For being an effective, faithful elder, pastor, shepherd. Then, there is the crown of rejoicing. The crown of rejoicing. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 19 is for souls you have won, you have built up, you have discipled, and they made it to heaven with you. It's called the crown of rejoicing. So Paul says, are you not our crown, our rejoicing? When Jesus appears, you, you are our crown. That day when we are wearing the crown of rejoicing, it's because you made it. And if we lose you, we lose the crown. Then there, in James chapter 1 verse 12, the Bible talks about the crown of life, which the Lord will award to those who effectively go through trials and temptation without complaining, grumbling, murmuring, oh, Yes, James chapter 1 verse 12. Let's read that one. James chapter 1 verse 12. Yes. Second is the man that endures temptation. Yes. For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, mm. which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. Whenever there is a trial, whenever there is a temptation, like that of Job in Job chapter 1 and chapter 2, both God and the devil, angels and demons, they all wait for what you will say. Proverbs 24, 10 says, If you faint in the day of adversity, your strength is small. Therefore, when you have a trial, when you have a difficulty, a challenge, and you are grumbling, and you are complaining, and you are murmuring, and you are deriding God, and squeezing your face, you are behaving just like the Israelites did in the wilderness. You see? When the Egyptians were chasing them, he said, Moses, who told you to bring us out of Egypt? Did we say there were no graves there? We prefer to have died there. Why did you bring us out? Then God opened the Red Sea and they passed through. The Lord's my God and I will serve him my God. There's God and I will exalt in the Lord's mighty warrior. Holy is his name. Oh, praise the Lord. Tim Browns and all. Three days they came across Mara. The water was bitter. 
There was no water for the people to drink. Say, when we needed, there was water. Have you, have you brought us out in this wilderness to kill us with death? A test, no, no, Moses. Then God showed Moses a tree, a tree. He put it into the waters and they became sweet. And then they drank. Then they passed on to the next test food. There was no food. And Moses, look, look, we are hungry. We are hungry. You see, when we were in, in Egypt, we didn't lack food. We were suffering like that, but food, dear, nobody lacked. Now you brought us in the wilderness, there's no food. And God said, told Moses that manna will fall. And quails, meats. God prepared a table for them. Then the manna fell. Ah! And they got up. And some fed ten baskets. And some fed them. Yeah. Oh God. Oh Yehoah. 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 Then, after that, they came. you see that it was, you know, an up and down, and God had enough. By Numbers chapter 14, he says, These ten times you have grumbled against me, I'm, I'm okay. Now, you said you will die in this wilderness. I've heard it. You will die. Your children will supervise your graves. Forty years, you will be in this wilderness until all of you will die. After that, I will take your children into the promised land. You know? Crown of life. Crown of life. Then there is the crown of righteousness. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have, I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And to me now is laid up the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award me on that day. Not only to me, but all those who have looked forward eagerly for his appearing. As the name sounds, it's a crown for righteousness. People who clean up their lives because they are expecting the appearing of the Lord and they fulfill God's call upon their lives. It's an award. It's not a gift. These crowns are not gifts. And then the incorruptible crown 1 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 25, 26 but there are also stages of glory you know I mentioned that Matthew 13, 43 the Bible says we shine like the sun and the scripture says just as there is difference between the glory of the sun the glory of the moon, the glory of the stars so also we shall have different levels of glory depending on how you glorify God with the gifts he gave you then Luke chapter 19 verses 17 and 19 talk about some people who because of their faithfulness will be put in charge of 10 cities 5 cities each according to your productivity and then the inheritance which God has laid up for us which Peter says is unfading, is eternal is, is glorious Thieves do not break in there to steal. And uh, there is no cockroach there. And when you are given a reward in heaven, it's yours forever. Grace has given us certain things. But 
your works follow you and you will be judged and rewarded accordingly what have we been looking at today we have looked at the resurrection principally the resurrection of jesus christ we have also looked at the resurrection body and then we looked at the rapture and finally the rewards at the judgment seat of Christ now may these things grip your heart and as you have this first John 3 2 and 3 says when we see Jesus we shall be like him and anyone who has this hope you, you, you cleanse yourself just as he is pure and first Corinthians 15 58 says be steadfast immovable always abounding in the work of the Lord knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain there is a reward for everything you do in God's presence brother sister keep on move on work for God invest your life in his work and fulfill God's call upon your life this life is only once you pass through this world only once do the best with your life for Jesus. God bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. In case you are listening to me and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ as Lord and personal Savior, I want to pray with you. I want to pray with you because this is a great opportunity for you to change destiny. Today, right where you are you can take a decision take a decision that in recognition of the fact that you are a sinner you want to repent you want to invite jesus into your heart as lord and personal savior so that the blood of jesus can wash you and cleanse you and give you eternal life please raise your hands wherever you are i know you want to give your heart to jesus and say this with me Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I am a sinner. But you came to die for but my you sins. Came to die for my on sins. the cross. On the cross, you broke the power of sin over my life. The power of sin over my life. Today, today, I repent. I repent and confess, and Jesus, confess Jesus as my Lord, as my Lord, and my personal Savior, and my personal Savior. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, please come into my heart. Please come into my heart. Wash my sins with your blood wash my sins with your blood make me a new person make me a new person fill me with your holy spirit fill me with your holy spirit and give me power to live for you alone. and give me power to live for you alone let me pray with you right now lord jesus thank you thank you for your work on the cross thank you that you are promised that as many as received jesus who believe in his name to them he gave power the right authority to become children of god who were not born of blood of the will of the flesh or the will of man but born of god right now father in the name of jesus i ask that the blood of jesus wash will wash as many as are yielding their hearts to jesus your the blood of jesus wash you wash you wash you free you free you break the power of addiction over your life set you free in jesus name yes be filled because holy spirit experience the new birth right now in jesus name 
God bless you in Jesus' name. Follow JFK Men's Ministries on Facebook and YouTube and invite others to listen to his podcast. You can also access some of JFK Mensa's books and keep up with his ministry at www.jfkmensaministries.org. God bless you.